In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. In the gospel this morning, we hear the disciples come to the Lord Jesus Christ and ask a question that preoccupies many of us as well. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And this question of greatness often preoccupies us because in the society we live, we're told that you must be great. And we're focused on the self a lot and about this idea of being above everybody else. Um, and the Lord comes today and defines greatness a little different than what society does. When we think about greatness in society, we think perhaps of, you know, someone who is doing well in their job, which is great, which is fine. Someone who is succeeding in life, generally speaking, which is great as well. Or we think, for example, of athletes and we think, for example, in, in basketball or hockey or whatever sport you think about the GOAT, the greatest of all time. This idea of greatness always preoccupies us and it's always about worldly success. And yet the Lord comes and answers this question that the disciples ask and he brings a little child and he says to them, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And so if we want to be great, truly great, and if we understand what greatness is, then we will understand that true greatness is humility. Humility in the eyes of the Lord is so important. And as the saints say, it opens the door of the, the, the kingdom for us. St. John Climacus, in one of his writings in, in The Ladder of Divine Ascent, he says, Repentance lifts up a man. So if I fall into sin and I repent, it lifts me up. Mourning knocks at heaven's gates. Holy humility opens it. Humility opens the gates of heaven wide open to us. And that's why we see many of the saints talk about humility. When we think of St. Anthony, he saw the snares of the demons laid before him and he said, Lord, who then can be saved? And he heard a voice from heaven say, humility. Humility can save you from all these traps, all the works of the evil one. And surely when we think about it, we're all you know, tempted by many things and we have weaknesses in our lives and we have different sin that we want to overcome and maybe even habits that we think to ourselves, how can I ever get over this habit? And the very same answer that St. Anthony received is the answer we should focus on. Humility can deliver us to humble ourselves before the Lord and before one another. In the eyes of the world, when we speak of humility, if we were to ask anyone, what do you understand when I say the word humility? They may say it's a pushover, a doormat, uh, someone with low self-esteem. But in the eyes of the Lord and in the, the true definition of humility, it's none of these things. It's someone who has courage. It's someone who has strength. It's someone who has the strength from above in order to withstand whatever it is he, he or she faces. And to be ambitious, yes, but to place that ambition in the Lord, he's the source of my ambition. When we think of the Lord Jesus Christ, we know, of course, he is the one true humble one who descended from the throne of his glory and took our form. St. Paul tells us in Philippians 2, verse 5 through 8, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant coming in the likeness of man. And being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. He humbled himself to the point of death. And that's why some of the fathers, also the desert fathers, will say, you know, the cost of the disobedience of Adam is death. And so disobedience is death. But the obedience of Christ led to life. And so they say obedience is life, disobedience is death. 
It's a very simple equation, but truly obedience leads to life. And the obedience that comes here comes through humility. Humility leads to that obedience. And so humility is key to salvation, to us being saved, to us overcoming the enemy in our lives, to us overcoming the weaknesses. When we think again of the saints, St. Macarius one time, he, um, he, he was faced with the demons and they came and said to him, you defeat us, Macarius. And so he said to him, by what is it that I overcome you? Is it my fasting? They said, no, we do not eat. Is it my vigils? They said, no, we do not sleep. Is it my time in, in solitude here in the desert? They say, no, we, we abide in the wilderness as well. So he said, what is it? And they responded and said, your humility crushes us. And so if we want to crush the enemy in our lives, like St. Macarius was able to crush them, we need humility in our lives. St. Augustine says, humility is the tree of light. Those who eat of it will never die. To eat from that fruit of humility in our lives, it produces great fruit, great virtue, many other virtues in our lives. St. Dorotheos of Gaza, he compares uh, a human being to a tree, a citrus tree. And he says, when you look at a citrus tree, if its branches are straight upwards, it will not produce fruit. But if a, a, a tree has its branches basically tilted downwards, you'll find that it bears much fruit. And so he says, it's the same thing with the human soul. A person who is full of ego, full of pride, full of concern for his or her honor, you'll find there is no spiritual fruit in their lives. But then he continues and he says, a good farmer doesn't just discard the citrus tree, but in order for it to start bearing um, fruit, that, that tree with the, the branches upwards, he starts placing small weights on it for the branches to begin bending bit by bit. And when they begin bending bit by bit, then it begins to produce fruit as well. And these small weights in the spiritual life are the various pieces of advice and counsel that our spiritual fathers give us. When they come and say, you know, do certain prostrations and we do them faithfully. When they come and say, give alms and help the needy. When they come and say, fast for a period of time. When they come and give us whatever direction they give us. These are like little weights going against our will, going against our honor, going against our ego and pride. And bit by bit, as we put these weight, we find that we begin producing spiritual fruit. And so say, I am struggling with pride. I'm fighting to acquire the virtue of humility. And if we're all honest, it's a virtue that is evasive and flees from us our entire lifetime. And so we should all say, yes, I'm fighting my pride. I'm fighting my ego. What do I do? The first thing is I need to beg. Beg God for this virtue of humility. Beg him for this, this powerful virtue that will help you vanquish the demons and weaknesses and sin in your life. One of the monks once shared with me, Ambakaraz, the late Ambakaraz, he was the bishop of St. Anthony Monastery in California. He passed away in 2002. Uh, he was a very holy man, um, full of humility. And this monk told me that Sayyidina, before he passed away, he told him about himself. When he was 14, he lived in Sudan and he did something praiseworthy. And so the people around him started praising him. And so he did the whole like patting on the chest and like, no, I don't deserve this, all that stuff. Um, and, uh, but in his mind, he was happy that people were praising him. 
And so Amba Daniel of Sudan, the late Amba Daniel of Sudan, was his father of confession, a clairvoyant man, and he saw him. So he took him aside and he told him, my son, never ever fake humility. And faking humility, you will only grow in your pride. You'll believe yourself and only grow in your pride. And so never fake humility. And so Amba Karas told this monk, from that day when I was 14, until I got sick, Sayyidna got sick, he had cancer, and he got it at about the age of 44. He said, from the age of 14 until I got sick, every prostration I did, I begged God for humility. Imagine with me, 30 years, uh, this man is begging for one virtue, humility. And we're not talking about he's doing one prostration a day. Even if it's just one prostration a day, it's fine. But this is an ascetic. He's doing many prostrations. One time I just, you know, did some math for fun. And if he's doing a very moderate number for a monk, he did at least half a million prostrations begging for one thing, humility. In our lives, we stand before God and we ask for something. Lord, grant me humility. Lord, grant me patience. Lord, grant me whatever request I have. And if the Lord doesn't give me this thing I'm asking for within three days or a week maximum, I'm like, oh, it's not the will of God. I'll just remain prideful. I'll just remain this way. This is how I'm made. This man begged for 30 years. If you've ever met Amba Karaz, or if you've ever met someone who's met him, they will all tell you he was a man full of love and humility. He acquired this virtue by begging. And we too, if we beg and ask persistently, the Lord may grant us this beautiful virtue. Second thing we can do is offer thanksgiving. The Lord, you know, we stand before the Lord and ask for many things. We request many things, and he grants us many things that we ask for. But once he grants these things to us, we forget to give thanks. Ava Isaac the Syrian, he'll say, there is no gift without increase except that which is without thanksgiving. The more we give thanks for the gifts of God, especially the spiritual gifts, then these gifts increase in our lives. And so when we give thanks and we see these gifts are from above, they're not mine. You know, as St. James tells us, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above from, and comes down from the Father of lights. When I recognize that the gifts I have, the talents I have, the good fortune I have in my life is not just haphazard, it's not just a skill I have, but no, it's from above, a gift from above, and I give thanks. Then I begin to grow in that virtue of humility as well. Third thing, I'm just going to say four things very quickly. Third thing is stay away from arguments. We argue about many things, petty things, even simple things as what are we going to eat after church? Are we going to this restaurant or that one? And we find ourselves arguing over things that are so silly, not worth it. And so to stay away from arguments, especially over things that are trivial, things that do not matter. If someone has an opinion, okay, let them have that opinion. Don't argue all the time. When you argue all the time, you're asserting your ego. Unless it's a matter that's very important or of faith. But we're talking here about things that are trivial. Is it really necessary? There's a story in the Paradise of the Desert Fathers of these two monks. They were standing there praying together. They were brothers praying together. And by some work of the devil, the devil came and, and put, pushed down the lantern. And so it shut off. And the older brother turned around and yelled at the younger brother. And so the younger brother didn't defend himself. He didn't say, you know, I, I didn't do anything. Why are you yelling at me? He just got down on the floor, did a prostration and said, my brother, forgive me. 
I'll relight it. And immediately, this, this, he calmed down. The demon who had done this fled and went to the pagan temple. And there was a priest there offering incense to the pagan gods and so on. And he saw this demon come and report to the other demons what had happened. And this demon basically said, um, every time we toss our bait among the monks, they receive it in humility, each doing a prostration to the other, thus nullifying our power. When this pagan god heard this, and he heard the power that somehow these monks had over these demons, these gods of his, he left the pagan temple, went and found these monks, became a Christian and a monk, and anyone who, who would visit him, he would say to them, humility can defeat dismantle and nullify all enemy power he saw it with his own eyes humility can nullify enemy power and so number three is stay away from arguments these brothers didn't argue when one got upset got got down said i'm sorry learn to say i'm sorry learn not to always argue over things and the last one that i'll mention is follow the commandments of god faithfully even if you're not all the way there and following all of it, start with little by little. And uh, I like stories. So, Ava Daniel of Shahid. Um, there's a story about Ava Daniel. He was uh, uh, he had the the gift of exercising demons. Um, and so there's this one man. He had a daughter, a demon possessed daughter, and he couldn't find a cure for her. And so one person told him, the monks of Shahid have the gift of exorcism. But if you go to them in humility, they will not they will not do anything about it. And so he told them, go to the market on this specific day and you'll find the, the monk there. Ask him to buy some baskets that he did and tell him to come home. Don't bring money with you. Tell him to come home with you so that you can pay him. And so this man did that. He went to the market, bought some basket, told him to come home so he can pay him. And as soon as Ava Daniel entered the house of this man, the daughter came out of her room yelling at him, spat in his face, and hit him on the cheek. What did Ava Daniel do? Followed the commandment. He turned the other cheek literally. And as soon as he did this, when he turned the other cheek, it says, the demons were tormented, crying out, saying, wail to us from Jesus' commandments because they annoy us. And when the elderly fathers heard of this, they said, nothing degrades the power of the devil as doing the commandment of Jesus humbly. To follow the commandments of our Lord in all humility defeats enemy power again in our lives. And so I grow in humility simply by following the commandments of the Lord. And I, I realize it's not always simple to follow everything. But begin. Take baby steps. Don't say, you know what, I can't do this, so I'm not doing any of it. No, take baby steps in, in basically fulfilling the commandments of the Lord, and you'll see how this will help you grow in that beautiful virtue of humility. We mentioned four things that we can start doing. They're practical things that we can start doing in order to grow in this beautiful virtue and to start overcoming our ego and pride. One, like Ambakaraz, beg God for humility. Number two, offer thanks for every gift you have, everything that happens in your life, and you'll find yourself humbling yourself before the lord number three stay away from arguments don't argue over every little trivial things and if there's something that someone is upset with you about say i'm sorry 
be quick to apologize and then number four follow the commandments of the lord at the very least start the story of ava daniel is in a book called witness to holiness it's a beautiful book and it's a beautiful story and isaiah the lord says i dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble heart the lord dwells with those who are humble of heart may the lord grant us this beautiful virtue of humility and help us grow in it day by day and through our god be the glory now and ever and unto the ages of the ages amen